Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. We have Ali Moreno, Shaka Hislop and myself, Kay Murray, here in the studio. We're going to kick things off in the Premier League where Tottenham Hotspur took on Aston Villa today. Uh, Spurs were handed their third straight defeat as well as Villa came from behind to beat them 2-1 in North London. Gio Lo Celso opening the scoring as the host dominated the first half. But Pau Torres headed in an equaliser in first half stoppages before Ollie Watkins scored the winner in the second half. As for Ange Postacoglu, he didn't feel too downbeat by what he saw from his side today, even though it was their third straight defeat in the Premier League. In terms of the standings, it does mean that Aston Villa moved to fourth above Spurs in the table right now and take that spot in the top four. But let's hear from the manager himself, Ange Postacoglu, speaking after the game. The outcome is obviously disappointing, um, disappointing yeah, for our fans and um, particularly supporting for our players because I just thought the players were out there that they did a fantastic job in playing the football we want to play and uh, you know on any other day <clears throat> it's probably a game we win comfortably uh, but um, you know it's fine margins in football sometimes but <clears throat> yeah not not happy with the defeat but you know as a manager, when you put a team out there, um, what you're looking for is um, some real belief and intent in the team we want to be. And I saw that uh, in loads today. So Nader Manua joining us now. So Ange Postacoglu there doesn't seem too down about his side's performance. And that as well, Nader, seems to be the feeling among the Spurs fans right now. But then the big question really is, with those injuries and three straight defeats now, are they running out of steam? No, I don't think they are, to be honest. And I think it's in interesting that Postacoglu said what he said because I think sometimes we are very quick to look at the result and work backwards from there. But realistically, when you ask the manager, how does he feel about the performance? Like, he's the person who understands the most what he wants to see from his side. And I think from them, they did what he wanted them to do. I think at home, you know, they took the lead. There were a couple of moments where there were some slight offsides where goals end up being disallowed. But you look at it, they've had the better of the chances and they are disappointed to, to lose the game. And I think he's acutely aware of that fact. But it's still played in a Spurs way. I think when you look to their team at the start of the game, there are a few questions asked saying, oh, maybe it's too attacking. But for them, they thought the best way to do it is to keep the ball and stop Aston Villa from attacking. And I thought in that first half, they were really good. But I think the timing of that Paul Torres goal, that changed the momentum a little bit. Maybe that gave Villa a bit more belief. And then the changes that came at halftime with Bailey coming on and Tielemans made a big difference for Villa. But... I think on a different day, Spurs would have probably scored a few more goals and probably won that game. And I think they showed enough to show that they're a good side. And these three defeats in a row, they have had imperfections, but I don't think this was the worst game in that three-game run, in my opinion. Do you agree, Shaka? I do. And, and, and listen, um, I, I understand Ange Ponsacoglu and, and being happy with, with his team, and, and understandably. I think despite the, despite the injuries that he had coming into this game, despite the changes that he had to make at halftime, which, which you could speak about, um, you saw exactly how he wants his team to play. And I think that serves them better in the long term than maybe it, it does on the day. To, to that point, you look at, at two, who are, I, I thought, fairly evenly matched teams. Spurs had... Hung Min Son had three goals disallowed uh, for, for offside, all correct decisions. Um, Emi Martinez was outstanding yet again. But then you, you look at, at, well, one you can see right before halftime, and then, and then Benton Co and Gales had to come off, and you bring on Hoiberg and Skip. Other side of that same coin, Unai Emery is able to bring on Tielemans and, and, and Bailey. And I think that spoke volumes to... Um, the difference in the teams and, and who they can call on 
to, to change the game. So, if I'm Ange Postecoglou, of course, I'm very disappointed to be losing this game, especially in the manner that you did. Three in a row, but you look back on those three, again, down to nine men against Chelsea, you can see the whole heap of goals late on, um, you can see what well, it was two late goals against Wolves, mm -hmm. and, then, and then this one, which just felt like a, a little bit like a gut punch when, when you see the game in, in its entirety. So you're happy with the way things are progressing, disappointed with the result, disappointed with the run, but um, I, I think there's a lot to take, a lot of positives still to take. You know, my glass half full sort of guy. I'm well, waiting so, for it. So, I know, so I'm like, you me every day. What are we going to get? Glass half full. And I understand where you and Nader are coming from and in the manner in which you frame this as a positive for Spurs. That, look, they did create chances. They were dynamic in the attack. They move well with the ball. And, and it's exciting to watch Spurs play, even for a neutral. You watch this team play, and you know what? They're entertaining. But there's another side to this. And while I understand that Emi Martinez can have a great game or they hit the post or Kulusevsky missed chances or Hyunmin Song is called offside three times or whatever the case may be, you're still up in the game. You're still winning the game. And I know and I appreciate the Spurs way of playing and Ange ball and whatever we want to call it. But at some point, you got to defend. And at some point, you, you have to stop conceding goals. And while we can look as to why they're conceding those goals, and we can excuse that because of their lack of depth or the players that they don't have available, this, that, or the other, I just think this is a team that it was, it was designed in the manner in which they play. It was designed to, yes, to be entertaining, to be attacking, to go and score goals, but you also leave yourself exposed. And what we were saying earlier in the season, is this sustainable? Well, now we see that it is not sustainable. It's not sustainable because when you're not scoring those goals and now you get in a back and forth with another team that has the quality to hurt you in the attack, as Aston Villa did today, well, now you end up losing these matches. And that's where I kind of come down on this sort of Ange ball and Spurs way to play and all of this. You have to be able to adjust in-game and understand that, look, it's not happening for us offensively. We're not... We're not finding the back of the net. We haven't made one goal. We haven't turned that into two, three, and four and put this game away. And so, hey, at the end of the first half, we need to see it out to halftime. We cannot allow a set-piece goal. And these are the things that I don't think are excusable. I, if, if indeed you're serious about contending for something important this season, these are the sort of games that you cannot lose. I suppose we need to talk about Aston Villa right now as well, Nadem, and what they're doing. Yeah, I think they've been very, very good. I think when you saw that first game of the season where they lost quite convincingly to Newcastle, I think the scoreline was high, but some people said, well, there were positives in the performance. And then from there, they went on a great run. I think it's 13 home wins in a row that they managed to get. And I think in the last year since Emery's been there, I think they've accrued 77 points. It's very, very positive. And as you look at the way that the team play, it's a nice attacking style of football. They want to try and control possession. You see players within the side that are very comfortable. You see Watkins in the form of his life. You see him be more efficient. You see him step up and score big goals in big moments and not lacking belief. Even when the backs are against the wall, you know that they've got more in there. And as we saw today with the manager that isn't shy to make changes at halftime within a game, to bring on Tielemans, to bring on Bailey. Those are two big calls. Cash has been very good for them for a long time this season. Same for the Army but he knew that was the right thing to do. And the team went out in that second half and made a better account of themselves. And now, you know, it's a third of the way through the season. And was it the two points, three points off the top of the table? And it makes sense because they're one of the best sides in the league. 
They look very comfortable, and you know there's more to come from them as well. So fair play to them, and that's a very, very big away win for them as well. Credit to Unai Emery as well, Ale Moreno. Yeah, and again, I just mentioned the lack of in-game adjustment from Spurs and recognizing what the game is calling for. Unai Emery, from even going back, I'm not even going to talk about his time in Arsenal, his time in Sevilla, this is a guy that knows how to win games with those in-game adjustments and decisions. And look... He sees the opportunity in this match on a counter. We can hurt Spurs. Yes, we're hanging on a little bit defensively, but the easier thing to be done here and the, the most obvious thing would be, well, you know, we're just going to absorb pressure. We're just going to add numbers to get behind the ball. Instead, you put in players that give you an outlet in the attack, that give you purpose, that give you a threat going forward, and that, I think, sends a message to your players. that We're not just here to defend. Like, they're pushing us back because they're playing well. They're pushing us back because they have quality. But we have quality ourselves. And when we get the opportunity to do so, let's get forward. That, I think, is a decision that the players would appreciate and responded with what I thought was a really good win for them. And one that they would look at and say, yeah, we got fortunate at some point. But when it came to winning time, we make the plays. Spurs didn't. Who finishes higher, Shaka, Spurs or Villa? Uh, right now, I have to say Villa. Um, listen, I, I, I love everything that Postacoglu is doing with Spurs, but you, you have to say the job that Unai Emery continues to do with Villa. Um, in, in terms of man management, uh, Oli Watkin really is playing best football of, of his career. And I think a lot of that goes down to Unai Emery and how he has man-managed him. And, and then I, I, they, they are able to make adjustments um, to counter in, in ways that don't seem... Now, he had to take off Matikash. Matikash was, was on a yellow and, and flirting with red. Uh, so that, that was kind of forced on. But then Diaby comes out. And then he, he, he has um, Bailey and, and Tielemans still playing that 4-4-2, but, but between the two of them kind of ex exchanging positions. And it gave this inexperienced, well, maybe inexperienced isn't the right word, but second string, Spurs, Spurs centre-back pairing, a real problem. They didn't know what to do. And the second half was all about Villa. So to, to Ali's point, um, Unai Emery continues to make adjustments, in-game adjustments, um, that, that are needed. And, and this is a team that just continues, continues to astound. And, and kind of oddly, doing it under the radar. We, we've sat here and spoken about Spurs and Ange uh, Postacoglu all season long, and it, it seems as though Villa has been a little bit of a side note to, to that. Now, all of a sudden, Villa are the ones in, in, in the top four, and it, it almost as though we're wondering how that happened, when they've consistently been good. All right, final question on this game then for you, Nadem. How much did you enjoy watching it today? Yeah, I thought it was awesome, to be honest. I do really enjoy watching Spurs in general, especially at home. And I think when I saw the team that Spurs put out, I thought, well, they're not going to be on the back foot here for sure. So they were very much on the front foot and it affected Villa. But then I think we got a chance to see really good coaching today because the adjustments were made by Emery. And Villa themselves were very much on the front foot as well. It was a shame to see Benton Cole be injured after having so long out. But that was a fantastic game of football and it felt like a game of football between two sides that will be knocking on the door for that those Champions League spaces this season. So hopefully they can continue doing so. But again, I've got to mention, Emery made the adjustments, but perhaps for Spurs, they couldn't make the same adjustments in a positive manner since half their squad's missing, unfortunately. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. 
Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And Alejandro Garnacho wonder goal helped Manchester United to a 3-0 win over Everton today. Marcus Rashford also scored from the penalty spot after regular taker Bruno Fernandes handed the ball to him to help him end his goal drought. Anthony Martial rounded off the scoring in the 75th to make it 3-0. And as for Manchester United, it means it is their fifth win in six Premier League games. And you wonder if that is a turnaround for Eric Ten Hag's men. Are we calling this a turnaround, Nadem? <laughs> I guess we have to, yeah. I think given the amount of grief that they were receiving at the start of the season, it's, it's fair, but I think as you can look at from the stats there, they won 3-0, but Everton had so many big opportunities on a different day. Maybe they're more clinical. Maybe the game goes in a different direction. But I think from a United standpoint, we've been talking so long about the front line not really firing. Well, today, all three of them scored. You saw Rashford take a penalty and score a penalty. Thank goodness for that, because if he would have missed the penalty, which was given to him by Fernandez, you can just picture this segment now. But it's positive for them, keeping a clean sheet, seeing certain elements of the team settle, seeing Manu play and do quite well. I think it's a great way to prepare for that game in midweek against Galatasaray, which will be huge for them. Almost not season-defined as such, but one which will make you believe that, yes, they're in a good spot. It's great to see Luke Shaw back as well. But again, like I said before, this game could have gone in a very, very different way if Everton would have taken their chances. But at the end of the day, we saw one of the best goals in Premier League history. United score three goals away from home and keep a clean sheet. So why would you not be confident heading over to Turkey? Oh, Ali, it was just a brilliant goal, though, wasn't it? Oh, yes, it was. And, and Shaka touched upon it. What this game was all about coming into it was the emotion of Goodison and the 10-point deduction and what that means for those fans and this club. And you could feel the energy starting this match that these fans were all about supporting Everton. And then the goal happens, and it's almost as if the whole stadium just went, ah, just shh, because they couldn't believe what had just happened. And that emotion then was gone. Was gone to the point to where Everton now has to manufacture excitement in the game and has to manufacture chances. And yes, to the point that Nathan was making, they did create some chances, but you don't put those away. And now it, 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 all that doubt that you have as a club 
starts creeping into the way that you play and how you take advantage of the opportunities. But in terms of the goal itself, it's not only the quality of the goal, it's the moment and the goal itself, who's scoring the goal. I, I have to say, personally, I've had my issues with Alejandro Garnacho going back to the Copenhagen game in which they ended up losing the match and he's shushing the crowd when he didn't even take the penalty. It was Bruno Fernandes that took it. I'm like, this kid. Driving me crazy. Hasn't done anything in the game. He's shushing the crowd when he didn't even take on the responsibility. Well, you've done something now. You've done something now, Alejandro Garnacho. You can shush whoever you want to. And Bruno Fernandes, who usually takes the penalty, yeah. says to Marcus Rashford, you can take it. He ends a goal drought. Is that a captain's move for you, Shaka? Um, it's a risky move. Mm-hmm. I, at 1-0 and... Um, Rashford up against Jordan Pickford, England teammates. That goes the other way. And all of a sudden, now the emotion returns to Goodison, especially after the fans feel it wasn't a penalty and see the VAR intervention. So I, I think you hand off that penalty when the game is won. And this game was a long way from, from being won at the time. It worked out well. And I, I think it works for, in Manchester United's and Marcus Rashford's favour going forward. But it was, it absolutely was a, a risky move. But, but again, as I say, one, one that worked in their favour in, in a way, and, and again, in a time that everything seems to. I, I, spoke about, I spoke about Villa kind of flying under the radar. For all the criticism we've leve- I have levied at, at Manchester United, they're two points behind Spurs. Mm-hmm. And I, How I'm, do we get here? I, am, I, am, I have no idea. Maybe you should it's as though I just walked through a door in the twilight zone and all of a sudden <laughs> Manchester United are in conversations. I'm not sure when or how that happened. Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit more about two players that you did mention, if we can, Nadim, and Luke Shaw and Kobe Minu as well, who stood out today. I think considering he's been out for a little while, he looked very confident in there. Defensively, he was very good. And in attack, he was always a threat as well. He's somebody that's very composed. And I think he definitely helps our Garnacho, helps our Lindelof to the side of him. And, it, you know, it wasn't a Man United like vintage defensive performance. But I think from a one on one level, it's very hard to get around. But then he offers something in attack. And I think that's a great thing for them to have him back. And then for Mainu himself, 18 years old, I think he is. He was at times the most composed player within their midfield, especially in that first half. You're looking at Bruno Fernandes, McTominay, not really being able to get a grip of the game. But for him, he was covering the ground well. He cleared one off the line. He was really composed under pressure and he helped build a lot of their attacks. And to think that someone that young would need to be that important in that arena at this time, obviously it's not great, but I think it's a great sign that they have someone who in the future could be playing many games for them. Yeah, great stuff from the 18-year-olds. Yes, 18 years old. As for the bottom half of the standings, this does mean that Everton do remain right down there in 19th. And as mentioned, that was their first game since having those 10 points deducted and did not go the way they would have hoped it did. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. 
Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Real Madrid went top of the table on Sunday night ahead of Girona's game against Athletic on Monday with a win over Cadiz down in the south of Spain. Two goals from Rodrigo and one from Jude Bellingham. And Rodrigo wasn't even supposed to start after Brahim had some stomach problems, shall we say, uh-oh, in the uh-oh. warm-up. Let's, let's just yeah, the chills. Nunes let's was just there for the game. Here's her report she felt afterwards. Thanks, Kay. And trust me, nobody, and I mean nobody, not even Carlo Ancelotti himself expected that we'd be talking about Rodrigo as the hero of tonight's match. Because even though he named him on the bench, Ancelotti said after the game that he actually had no plans to play him at all because he was coming off of a long international break where it was pretty eventful for the Brazilian, a long flight to and from South America, where he also picked up a bit of a knock. He said he was playing at probably only 90% tonight after picking up a knock in his knee that midweek he was still experiencing some inflammation and some soreness but it was a last minute change and a last minute gamble that eventually paid off after Brahim suffered some gastrointestinal issues is how Ancelotti described it but he should be good hopefully in a day or two but Rodrigo once again proving that he is an absolute talent and a special player for Real Madrid in contention to probably getting more playing time especially with this injury list growing longer and even though many may be surprised that he was the player that we were talking about the most tonight if you just look at his last couple of games this is actually the first time that the Brazilian has scored in three consecutive games for Real Madrid and in the last two he's picked up a brace in each and contributed with three assists so he seems to be on a very special streak that's something that Ancelotti is definitely very pleased with because as I said that injury list just keeps growing with the likes of Vinny Jr. as the newest addition and Eduardo Camavinga it's something that I thought would actually be a bit more worrying for Ancelotti but as he told us in the presser afterwards he says he's just taking it in stride he's actually not panicking at all because injuries is something that Real Madrid have had to deal with since the very start of the season where they lost two big names in Militao and Tibor Courtois for the entire season so he feels like they're actually managing well and Managing well is something that we saw on the pitch today. Ancelotti says he felt that from the very first minute to the end, they were able to manage the match very well. And eventually it did pay off with this big win. And the star of the night, apart from Rodrigo as well, is Jude Bellingham. Ancelotti says he's back to 100% after that shoulder injury that kept him out of the last two games. He's feeling good. He wanted him to play. He did get the start. And of course, he contributed with that goal. So even though Real Madrid are going through a more turbulent time, Time than usual. Ancelotti says they're managing it quite well and we know this. We have seen this story many times before in different seasons that Real Madrid managed to churn out these results and here they are sitting pretty at the top of the table right now tonight. They've qualified for the knockouts of the Champions League with games to spare so we can only count them out at our own peril. 
Great stuff. Thanks, Alexis. Well, this is Real Madrid's unstoppable duo and Carlo Ancelotti will be hoping that they are going to continue to be unstoppable as well. Rodrigo with five goals and four assists in his last three games with Real Madrid and Jude Bellingham with the most goals in the first 15 games with Real Madrid ever. That would make it 14 as well. And remember, that is not what this man was brought in for, but I don't think anybody is complaining about that. But the Rodrigo situation, this is an interesting one, Ale, because this is a player who's had his ups and downs and been having his ups and downs, but Carlo Ancelotti seemed to know just how to manage him rightly. Yeah, well, first of all, we wish Brahim D as well. Nobody wants to go through those issues. Nope. Uh, Alexis put it very nicely there, didn't she? M- much nicer than I did. <laughs> Need some Pepto tonight, Brahim. <laughs> A little bit of white rice and bananas, you'll be fine. Uh, look, when you have Vinicius on the field, he is, now that we have seen the productivity of Jude Bellingham, Vinicius becomes that, that second option. And, and what a second option that is to have. Well... Now that he's injured, you look around and it's kind of like, yeah, it's Rodrigo or it isn't. Uh, Jose Lu, we don't quite know what his level of productivity is going to be, and he's a different profile of player. So if you're looking for somebody to give you something different, a change of pace, 1v1 situations, creativity in attack, creating opportunities for himself and for others, it has to be Rodrigo. Everybody else, you look around and you kind of go, look, we seem to be set in the midfield. We're a little thin in the back line. But in terms of the front line, if Vinicius is not on the field, and if Ocelo playing down the middle, then who's going to give you that creativity? And it has to be Rodrigo. And this sort of performance that we saw today, the sort of performance that we saw leading into the international break, is what Rodrigo needs individually and what Carlo Ancelotti expects from Rodrigo with consistency. And I think that's a key point about Rodrigo. We see these high moments from him in which we think, okay, here's when he takes off. And then there's a lull. There's a long period of time in which he's not nearly as productive. The question for him is going to be continuing this productivity consistently. And if he does, then Real Madrid and, of course, Jude Bellingham and Joselo and everybody else become a whole lot more dangerous because he's going to attract attention. Now you get free runs from Jude Bellingham. We saw it in the third goal from Jude Bellingham in which Rodrigo cuts to the inside. Somebody has to address that run, Rodrigo. Jude Bellingham overlapping run and he finishes well. Rodrigo doing well means that everybody else is going to get better opportunities to score goals. And right now it is over to you, Girona, to take top spot back in La Liga. They will be taking on Athletic Club to round out match day 14, Monday, 3 p.m. Eastern. You can catch that game on ESPN+. Okay, in the Serie A today, it was the Derby d'Italia, first against second, where if Juve had won, they would have leapfrogged Inter in the standings, and if Inter had won, they would have gone five points clear. But even though it was two lovely goals, it was one each. 1-1, it finished with goals from Dusan Vlavic and Lautaro Martinez. Nice goals as well, they were. Gab Marcotti, who's joining us now to talk more about it. What's your biggest takeaway from it, Gab? Well, the biggest takeaway is I think it's pretty evident that Max Allegri and Juve right now feel that uh, if they win the title this year or if they come close, it's going to be could be because they shut up shop and uh, and they outlast the opposition. And and I thought they did a decent job of it here. Again, if you were to award a winner in this game on points on chances created, it would probably be Inter. It would probably be Inter who were you know bolder towards the end of the game when. He made his usual uh, attacking substitutions that Inzaghi likes. But Allegri, he's not going to budge from this. He's got Vlaovic back in, which was really good news, I think, for Juve. Um, and I thought he did okay. Uh, more than okay, actually. Um, you got Chiesa, who's hot. And still, you know, it's uh, it's safety first. But hey, they're second at the table, right? Uh, as for Inter, Lautaro Martinez just cannot stop scoring, Gab. 
Yeah, Lautaro is, uh, is, is, is he's in a tremendous vein of form. There was one moment when everybody got, uh, got terrified uh, when, uh, when, when it looked like it looked like he was injured. Early indications are he's going to be okay. Um, he is, I mean, I think his numbers pretty much speak for himself around Europe. But, but really, I think it's this, it's the supporting cast around him. It's, uh, it's Marcus Turam who, you know, provides a lot of the running, opens a lot of the space for Lautaro. And uh, and it's those wing backs, you know. Denzel Dumfries, I think, has gone to the next level. Fede Di Marco already there for me, you know, one of the top three or four wing backs in the world. And and really, they're such a big part of how Inter how Inter attack. Okay, Gab, what can we look forward to then, other than this game on the Gavin Jules podcast tomorrow? Well, um, I'm on assignment in Milan. Oh, um, uh, oh hang on, hang on. You've got to change the name of the Gavin Jules oh, podcast. It's on Champions League, Jules. You've got never on. Oh, man. Who's filling in? Hey, hey, I'm not on holiday, man. You guys get naded. You should be happy. <laughs> <laughs> you get naded. Oh, naded. Does he know? Does he name him a Jules podcast? True professional. Ah, true uh, professional. Uh, what, what, what are you up to, Gab? Uh, You're on Champions League duty. Uh, I am. I'm going to Milan and meeting some people uh, at the club, meeting some people at Inter, and then uh, I'll be. Uh, I'm going to go see my mom. Which of course, always very nice. And then uh, I'll be. Uh, I'll be at the Milan Borussia Dortmund game, where I think, on paper at least, it's almost like uh, you know. And whoever wins this game, I think, is ideally placed to uh, to advance to the next round. So so stay tuned after that 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 pretty remarkable uh, Milan win with that last-minute Mike uh, magic Mike Mignon save uh, on Saturday night. Of course, them getting the win uh, heading into this. Yeah, we will be staying tuned, and there'll be a lot of talk about the Champions League, no doubt, on the next Gavin Jules podcast, even though well, Gav no, won't be on it. Maiden's going to bring in the vibes, don't worry. <laughs> yes. And uh, we'll be here uh, during the week. Champions League talk coming up this week. They don't be there. Too. <laughs> Uh, Barcelona against Atleti coming up on December 3rd. Coverage beginning 2.30 Eastern. Remember, Atleti leapfrog Barcelona in the table this weekend as Barcelona dropped points and Atleti did not. So what a game that is set to be next weekend. That will do it for the latest edition of the show, but extra time is on the way. Nadam and Gab are back for that as well, so stick around. All right. Yeah. Got some questions for Nadam. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Nadam. Oh, boy. <laughs> Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. We have Ali Moreno and Shaka Hislop here in the studio alongside myself, Kay Murray. And joining us tonight, we have Gab Marcotti and Nadam Anua as well to answer your questions. Now, this question could even apply to Gab as well because he does seem to be someone who's very well connected in the football mm-hmm. world. So, guys, I don't know if you know or not that MLS sent out some freebies mm. and they left out three times MLS Cup winner Ali Moreno yeah, uh-huh. in those freebies. Uh-huh. But Shaka was included. Shaka was included. Uh-huh. Sebi was included. We wondered, Nadem, if you got any freebies and any free popcorn. Uh, no, the, um, do you know, with the mailing system going across the Atlantic, it just takes a little bit longer than, say, other things. So when I get mine, I'm sure they'll send Ali's to me as well, and I'll send it to Ali. So yeah. it's lost in the mail. Don't worry, Ali. All right. Uh, what about you, Gab? No, weirdly, they seem to have forgotten me. But it's okay because, you know, the key thing is, you know, company policy is if the value is more than uh, $25, 
we'd have to return them. And I'm assuming the postage across the Atlantic would have been higher than that. Uh, well, the popcorn was not $25. Not sure. <laughs> and Kay has to give back a jizzy. And that free match day ball I got. Did, did you get a response here? You strongly worded email to no. Major League Soccer, no, no response? No. Oh, did, did you include me or copy me in that email? I would or? have to copy you. I mean, <laughs> she's getting her own popcorn. Oh, she she you want your, your own popcorn. Worrying about myself, no, all right, number one. Get your own popcorn. I do have a question. I do have a question. So, see, Nadum's background has changed dramatically. <laughs> and I was, it, to say the least, I was so used to like, like the black and white, a little yeah, gray, right. grayish yeah. background. Minimalist. Minimalist. The minimalist. The monochromatic yes, sort of <laughs> version of the background. And now we got this. <laughs> now we got anything but yes. minimalist. Mm-hmm. Including a flying mm-hmm. toilet roll, right. Nadum. And it, it matches, it matches say, Nadum's uh, personality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Were you told to use no, this I'm, one, I'm Nadum? very happy to have built. It was. This is the only one of the five free ones I received, which actually looks okay. So just imagine the other ones. Oh, but yeah, I'm quite happy and proud this about one my look, underground, this one looks my underwater okay. studio. <laughs> this oh, is the best one. There's <laughs> <laughs> oh. a lot going on in the background, Nadal. Uh, a lot. Oh, a lot. <laughs> Are they freebie shirts you got as well? Oh, All right. The actual first question, LA, there is only one pertinent question today. Whose goal and technique is better, Rooney or Garnacho? Oh, man. That's an unfair comparison. Why is that, Shaq? I, I just think they're two outstanding goals. You know, we don't need to draw, we don't, don't need to, like, to rack them. Yeah, like, wh- why do this to us? Why, team? why? Let's just enjoy it. The we beauty are, of the game. We are connoisseurs. Yes. That's who we are. Of, of the skill. Of, of the bicycle game. Of the beautiful skill. game. Yes. Yes, that's right. It's what we do, really. <laughs> we, we connoisseur a lot. <laughs> yes, we Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> we are yeah, connoisseur. Wait, wait, wait a second. I have scored a bicycle kick goal in my time. Yeah. I mean, what's outside my range, man? Yeah, I mean, I, a bicycle kick from two yards don't count. No. You can't throw yourself in that mix. In an actual game. <laughs> wow. Wow. It may have been a little looping with real, with real football yeah, players. Yes, I mean, I may have fallen over, but it was a bicycle okay. kick. Could potentially be a tricycle, but it was a bicycle kick. Uh, okay. Yeah. okay, well, that's uncorrected. Okay, that, that was not possible on your part. That was. There was some negativity. Was before. it better than Garnacho and Rooney's? Uh, I'm going to give it to Rooney. I'm so, going to give it to Garnacho. Okay, well, there you go. See? Well, there we go. One, one. All right, Shaka, with Onana tied for the most clean sheets in the Premier League, has he redeemed himself after a shaky start? He's, he's improving. Um, he, there's no question he's getting better. He's settling in behind this back four, whatever, whatever it looks like. I, I still think he's got a way to go to redeem himself in, in inverted commas, just because I, I don't think Manchester United themselves, and, and while yes, they somehow have got themselves in conversations we were discussing in the show, I still don't think that Manchester United themselves have hit their, their fullest heights. So it's, 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 and, and it's very premature, given that we're what, 13 games into the season, to be talking about um, somebody who's kind of well, first of all, ruined his reputation and then somehow now no redeemed himself. Yeah. 
It, was that your connoisseur voice? The tone of the voice changed. Right? Yeah, it, just, it, it felt I'm, like no, you were. I'm a goalkeeper voice. I, it I'm felt a, like I'm you a were different swinging voice. a little. I'm a different voice when we're talking. Glass of wine while you were analyzing. <laughs> I'm that. a different voice when we're talking goalkeepers. That is. I was a very connoisseur. Smell of sandalwood. And and, and uh, I love when you use inverted commas. That's, that's, that's right. That's I'm told right. we have to break the tie on the um, Garnacho okay. Rooney yeah. right. question, Gab. Garnacho or Rooney? Um, I'm going to go with Garnacho simply because obviously Rooney, bigger stage and whatnot. But I mean, Garnacho's came off his foot. Rooney's came off his shit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> claimed to be a connoisseur. Yes, sir. Yeah. Spoken mm. like a true yeah. connoisseur. I can't sign that. Okay. I can't sign that 100%. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the problem. You know the skill it takes to generate that sort of power with your shin? How special it has to be? Where did your bicycle come off? Not my shin. Come off his knee. Beautiful. Um, for all, I'll start with you, Nadem. In what order will these three teams finish the Premier League this season? Newcastle, Spurs, United. Who sneaks in the top four? Ah, do you know, this will feel like it's recency bias, but I'm going to go for United, Spurs, Newcastle. Okay. Gab? Yeah. I'm kind of I'm gonna lean the same way with a simple for the simple reason that maybe with Sergeant Ratcliffe coming in they can spend some money in January. Everybody's injured at Spurs. Did you see the team that they had out there? How are those guys Benton Gore who hasn't played in like nine months? The other one Los Celso, uh, their entire midfield the heel Los Celso Benton Gore in their first starts of the season. Um, you got to be able to play. And I think with Newcastle, also a terrible injury crisis, also losing Tonali. Um, if they're in Europe, I think it's just going to take a lot out of them. So, weirdly, I'm going to lean United. I'm going to go Newcastle, Spurs, United. Oh, really? Wait, 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 why are you doing this? You said that you're a jinx for yeah, Newcastle. I'm going to go Spurs, United, Newcastle. And, and, and my reverse jinx work this weekend. You're right, Ali. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm not picking Newcastle. Good looking out, Ali. I'm sorry. Good. I'm looking out for you, Shaq. Thanks, thanks. You, you saved me for myself. <laughs> okay. Speaking of jinx, Spurs, United, <laughs> Newcastle. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Gab, after Juve against Inter today, what year of the Derby d'Italia was the best you've ever seen and why? Um... So, maybe not from a football perspective, but from a drama perspective and from a big name superstar perspective, uh, those derbies, I think it was the 97, 98 season, when you know you had the original Ronaldo, oh, phenomenal, um, up against those those Juve teams, those those kind of nasty Juve teams with uh, with Mark Giuliano, and of course also a lot of talent with 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 Del Piero. Um, with that Zinedine Zidane fella. Um, I would say that kind of era, late 90s, you had Christian Vieri for Inter, you had uh, Diego Simeone, Javier Sanetti. Um, that, was, that was really, really special, I think. Yeah, those were the days. 
Ale, Martial has nine goals out of 16 games against Everton. He's been out of form, but he had to score against them. Question, how is it possible for one to always turn up against a certain opponent? How can a player make his t a team his favourite opponent? It's, it comes from success. It, it, there is a feeling that I think you get as a player when you see a different team jersey. Uh, and, and that team jersey is one that, that you actually feel comfortable. And you feel comfortable about those defenders. You feel comfortable about the setting. You, there, you can't really explain this other than you, you create momentum by scoring goals. And then every time that you see this team, you're like, well, I have good feelings about this, guys. I have good feelings about this place. I have good feelings about the, the team, whatever the case may be. And I'm going to step in and I score. And look at me. I'm happy again. And he, any striker who has played at any high level would tell you that there is two or three teams that they feel really comfortable and really excited to play against because they've had a good record against them. Cap's giggling. No, no. I was just thinking, like, I, I knew he had a good record against Everton. But when you see it's nine goals out of 16, right? So it's, it's one and two for a guy who plays center forward on one of the biggest uh, teams in the Premier League, and all of a sudden it seems like some sort of otherworldly feat. I, I kind of feel like one and two should be Martial's record against the entire league. Maybe it's that weird thing where he kind of becomes normal Martial against Everton, and he's somebody else the rest of the time. I am told six, normal Martial. 62 goals in 206 games for United. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be honest with you, I'll take it. I'll take the productivity or nine goals in 16 matches. I'll take that. Just play him against Everton. <laughs> and have the rest of the year off. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Too much work. Too much work. See you in April. Can I add a little question here? I didn't, I didn't sign Did you write in. I didn't. I, I want to Hashtag. ask this. I want to ask a striker. With Bruno, with, <laughs> with Bruno giving the penalty today to, mm. to Rashford, I've always wondered about when a penalty breaks a goal-scoring drought that that psychologically does boost it for a player that it came from the spot but it still seems to be the boost that they needed how does that work because when you're desperate for goals it doesn't matter how it comes and i have to say if you're struggling with confidence and you're given the opportunity to take a penalty in a moment that matters and is well documented and this game actually was one nothing and the momentum was going was shifting back and forth and particularly i think you would argue that everton had the momentum at that time there's some pressure behind this one. So I don't know that this was a, it wasn't a, the sort of gift that you love to have. But once you score it, then you feel a whole lot better about yourself and about the team and helping. And so it's any time that you're going through a lack of confidence, you just want to see the, the ball going into the back of the net. A deflection, doesn't matter. Tap-ins, layups, whatever the case may be. My kind of range. Look, if when you're desperate, you do whatever it takes to score a goal. In this case, I thought it was... Uh, what I, while I think it was gracious of uh, Bruno Fernandes, it actually puts a lot of pressure on a player who had been struggling with that pressure, but he, to his credit, Marcus Rashford came through for Manchester United. All right. Shaka has been criticising Arteta because of Ramsdale. What can he make of Ramsdale's performance yesterday? It was awful. But, uh, but to, to that point, it's exactly what I've been saying all along. Say who's your number one, say who's your number two. I, I was... From day one, I said, don't have this, well, both of you are my number ones and possession is nine-tenths. Say who's one and who's two. 
by by not doing that, Raya plays within himself, worried worrying about making mistakes, and you show the mistakes come as a result. Ramsdale gets an opportunity. He sees this as as a be all and end all for him to to reclaim a shoot. He makes mistakes as a result, and in the end, it it does a huge disservice to both. That has been. As, as I've said from, from, from the get-go, while I think Aaron Ramsey is the better goalkeeper of the two, it is Arteta's decision who he plays, who he has as his number one. He goes with Raya, but let it be known, and even though, yes, all the suggestion is Raya is his number one, but let it be known, and don't let there be any room for doubt in either of their minds who is one and who is two. Otherwise, you get both of them making mistakes, which is what you saw. For Gab, start, bench or drop? Pineapple on pizza? Mm. Well done steak with ketchup? Ooh. Ooh. Or fries on penne like Steve oh, McMahon eats it? Do this. You have to. <laughs> ah, yeah. Don't that make is, me do this. That is uh, drop all three. Hashtag oh, extra time, Gab. Go. Alright, I will say this. I'm going to start with... I'm going to start pineapple on pizza because... While it's not my thing, pizza is not part of my culture. I'm not from Naples. If there are some weirdos elsewhere in the world who want to put pineapple on, yeah, whatever. Uh, maybe they like the taste. I don't know. Um, well done steak. I just really should not be well done. Um, if then you put ketchup on top, this is why I'm benching it. If you then put ketchup on, you're kind of adding two crimes to each other. Putting fries on penne is just... But that's just unconscionable. That, that just gets you dropped. That's just not. No matter how much you like fries. And by the way, there are some forms of regional pasta where they do add potatoes, but it's not French fries and it's not, you know, Steve McManaman ordering a side of fries and dumping them on top of his penne arrabbiata. It's just not, not that. All right. Uh, Naden, what's, com what's coming up on the Gavin Jules podcast, Naden, this week? Uh, this week, you know, it's a big week for the podcast, um, you know, filling in for a legend himself. <laughs> Gabbo Cotti is going to be very, very difficult, but we're going to talk about the Premier League games this weekend, the Derby d'Italia, and then there'll be lots more that Jules will send me in the morning. And I'll do my best impression of uh, Gab Marcotti, yeah? Okay. Uh, Gab off on holiday. Well, yeah. then you can... You... A raw steak. Not holiday. Yeah. Assignment. Yeah, it's assignment. Holiday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're going to play the best version of Gab, that means that you don't allow Jules to talk. That is, <laughs> that's the first thing that you got to do. <laughs> uh, if, if you are going to play Gab, you get to go to a three-week holiday next week. Yes, you yes. Do one show, yeah. and then you go for three okay. weeks on holiday. <laughs> 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 hey, Gab is a professional. Yeah, he is. Uh, Honestly, I uh, can't believe you, Shaq. Come on, Shaq. All right, Gab, safe travels to yeah, you. I feel guilty. Uh, yes, we, yes, 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 yes. And we got through it without <laughs> any questions about Brahim Diaz and whether that oh, had any ever uh, happened to any of you guys. Gastrointestinal is, yeah, because, you know. Yeah. yeah. It, it took some pep, things are better right now. Everything's better. Well. He's well, barely hanging on, but... Thank you so much for sending in your questions. Gab, safe travels. At least some of us here respect you. And we'll see you next time. Thank on you. Extra time. <laughs>